This is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Five minutes after 12, I was just sort of checking all my screens and feeds to make sure that we are on relatively thick ice as we embark upon our weekly adventure into um, rather shallower waters than we usually inhabit at the moment. This is your weekly opportunity to achieve the sort of satisfaction not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio dial. We deal with whys and whats, wherefores and whences, even the occasional wither. You have a question burrowed somewhere in your brain to which you know there must be an answer. More you know there must be an interesting answer, or you believe there must be an interesting answer, and you would love to hear it from somebody who knows. Not by Googling it or looking it up, but by getting it fresh from a horse's mouth. If it's the horse's mouth, we'll get a Ray Liotta. I'll explain what that means a little later in the hour. If it's a horse's mouth, you'll get a round of applause. Um, and I can tell you that because I've been faffing about so much, uh, I, I haven't set it up properly, so for once, the board is not yet full. In fact, it, it, it is, that's the problem now. It's a good opportunity to get through, but the bar is set no lower on the qualities of the questions that will make it to air. So hit the numbers now. Speak to Aaron or Ava, 03456060973. If they sort of politely send you on your way, it will be because we've dealt with your question uh, in the past, frequently enough for us all to be able to remember, or because, don't take this the wrong way, uh, they think you're really boring and probably quite ugly too. Six minutes after 12 is the time. And um, once we've got a decent collection of questions, we start asking them on screen and you will, or on air even, and you will be able to ring in and answer it. You're not allowed to look stuff up. I'll say that again. You're not allowed to look stuff up. It's a celebration of illumination, education, elucidation. Sounds like the rubbish version of Grease Lightning. <laughs> This show is hydromatic. No, it, because what we like to do, and it sounds a bit silly every time I explain. I, in fact, I worry that with each passing year, it sounds sillier. It's 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 a harking back to the days when you had to know stuff, and it's a recognition from this middle-aged dinosaur that that you actually don't anymore, and we don't really get it. We got our knickers in a twist when you were allowed to take calculators into maths exams because we thought you should be able to do the sums in your head. And we get our knickers in a twist when we hear that kids are allowed to take iPads into that because we think you should memorise it all. But why do you have to memorise it all if you can find it in the blink of an eye or the click of a mouse? I haven't quite worked out an answer to that question yet. Eight minutes after 12 is the time. 03456060973 is the number. And the only criteria for exclusion apart from repetition, is dullness. So try to steer clear of questions to which very few people will be interested in the answer, you know, apart from you. And for me, although not as much, for me, um, motoring questions are the most obvious candidate for that category. Should we kick off in Brighton? I think we should. Emma is in Brighton. Emma, question or answer? Question, please. Carry on, Emma. Um, it was a question that my son asked me yesterday, oh, and yeah. I just thought it was really interesting. Um, he asked if your tongue grows with your body. Of course it does. So, <laughs> but his, his argument was that it's a muscle, so it should keep growing when your body stops growing, if you see what I mean. Oh, oh I misunderstood. I'm looking at it through the wrong end of the telescope. I, <laughs> I, I thought that the question was stupid because it would mean that a baby was born with a fully grown tongue. <laughs> but what you're saying is... Oh no! Hang on. Yeah. No. No. So, so he, 
So it's, once it's once the rest of you has stopped growing, why doesn't your yeah. tongue carry on growing? Yes, because it's a muscle. So if you're continuously using it, why doesn't it keep growing? But none of your other muscles do, and we're continually using them as well. Mm, I guess it depends how you use them, maybe. How, how old is your boy? He's nearly 10. Oh, thank goodness for that, because if you'd said 27, <laughs> this could have got a bit awkward. <laughs> so nearly 10. And get it in its sort of simplest term, why doesn't your tongue keep growing? Yes. I like it a lot. Um, thank you. No, I was going to think of something funny to say, but tongue's sort of a sli- sli- slightly icky territory for that, so I, I shall spare you my laboured humour. Thank you, Emma. Why, why, why don't our tongues keep growing? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Uh, Edley is in Belsize Park. Edley, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, James. Carry on, Edley. I'm wondering uh, why do you get a drippy nose when you go for a walk, particularly on a cold winter's day? Um, you know, what's your body doing to kind of protect you or what's the evolutionary advantage to, to this happening? Yeah, so not not as in an illness, not getting the sniffles, but as a reaction well, well, to the I, cold. Exactly, that's why that's why I sort of worry about this because I, I often worry that it's the beginning of getting a cold, but it, it never ends up kind of getting that far. It's just I'm on a walk and, you know, I get sort of a drippy a drippy nose. Would we do the same with... with- with the opposite end of the spectrum, why, why do we get runny noses when we're eating chilli? Or is that a question well, yeah, for a different a... week? I had a nightmare yesterday. I put too much chilli sauce on my kebab, and I, I won't, I won't embarrass you with the details, Edley, but <laughs> I, I'm not over it yet. It's probably the politest way of putting it. <laughs> okay, yeah. But I did no sit more. there. I, I got halfway through it. I thought I watched my own tears falling into the kebab, and I thought I can't eat any more of this. This is blowing my socks off. But that's not what you <laughs> well, rang yeah. into here. Suppose it can work. Both it ways. could do, so but I'll, I'll focus on runny noses in the cold, and we may be able to work out the answer to the to the opposite end of the heat spectrum. From you don't get a runny nose in hot in a sauna, do you? It's just a, shut up, James. No one wants to hear about your lunch, or indeed its grisly aftermath. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number you need if you can explain why we get a runny nose when we're out in cold weather and why our tongues stop growing. I like this. Alison's in Kirby Longside. Um, hello, Alison. Hello, I'm in Kirby Lonsdale, not well, Kirby Lonsdale. You know, I was about to pick up on that, actually, because <laughs> I'm familiar with Kirby. And they've also, you never guess how they spelt Kirby, Alison. Go on. C-U-R-B-E-Y. Oh, that's clever. It's just unbelievable. It's a bit like, <laughs> if, you were walking, like if you were walking down a pavement and you didn't like the size of the curb, you might say, oh, that's a bit Kirby. But that is not how you spell Kirby, as in Kirby... That, that is not. Because it means by the church, which means it's spelt Kirk by K-I-R-K-B-Y. I'm quite impressed with that knowledge. Right, you're very well. <laughs> well done, you. Thank you. Uh, question or answer? I've got a question. Carry on. Who cleans up after guide dogs? Oh. And if it is the person with the dog themselves, how how do they do it? You could have just, I mean, you might have got a few funny looks from passers-by, but you could have just followed somebody around with a guide dog until until events <laughs> provided you with the answer that you seek, Alison. Well, I could have done, yeah. But you well, didn't. No, I didn't. I'll find out for you. I like that, actually. I never, it's never crossed Thank my you. mind before. Do you know, people are fascinated by guide dogs, aren't they? People who, who aren't visually impaired are fascinated probably by the relationship, but also by the logistics. I think so, yeah. And I think it, that's what it is. I do too. And I like it. We shall find out for you. Who cleans up after guide dogs? I don't think we need to fill in any gaps on that one. Why do you get runny noses in cold weather? And why does your tongue stop growing? 0345 6060 is the number that you need. Lovely part of the word, that, by the way. Uh, Paul's in Northop. Paul, question or answer? Nope. 
Nick's in Pinner. Nick, question or answer? Question, please. Carry on, Nick. During winter, when leaves fall off trees, is there a noticeable decrease in oxygen in the air? So is air quality worse for having less leaves? Oh, that's clever. <laughs> that is clever. I read some slightly uh, arresting science the other day about the Amazon rainforest and the slightly mm-hmm. oversimplified theory that they're the lungs of the world. But the idea mm-hmm. that, that, what's it called? Think of me, photosynthesis. Wouldn't, yes. wouldn't happen as much if the leaves aren't on the trees. Seems fairly straightforward. And if there's a lot less photosynthesis, I can see why you think there might be a lot less oxygen. But I've never noticed it. Have you? I've never been short of breath. No, no, I haven't. But, um, <laughs> I wonder if it shows up on a graph or something. I like that. Yes, when the leaves are not on the trees, is the uh, oxygen supply via photosynthesis affected to a noticeable degree? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Do you know, I just stopped myself going off on a little uh, tangent there about my leaf blower. It's 14 minutes after 12. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. John Major's lawyer, Lord Garnier, has taken the stand in the Supreme Court and accused Boris Johnson of having ulterior and unlawful motives when choosing to suspend Parliament. So we will be catching up with Theo Usherwood imminently. In fact, I think I'll summon him, actually, I, I, I don't, in the circumstances. But the, uh, the update's pretty... Uh, we knew it was coming, but even now, to see the words written down, a former... British Conservative Prime Minister has accused the current British Conservative Prime Minister of having ulterior and unlawful motives when choosing to suspend Parliament. Summon the Usherwood! It's quarter past twelve. This is LBC. Apply. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060973. It's 18 minutes after 12 and you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC where I'm having a fit of the vapours about the meaning of the word curb. Um, yeah, no, it's the same thing. Yeah, you can spell it K-E-R-B, but but you do also... Yeah, it's all right. Everyone chill. Reese is in Halesworth. Reese, question or answer? A uh, question, please, James. Carry on, Reese. Hi, James. Um, massive Hello, fan, by the way. Just You're thought I'd let you know. No, it's mutual, um, so I was it's in mutual. the northwest with my girlfriend over the uh, start of this week, oh, yes. and I was rather fascinated by all the different accents that people had. So we went to Liverpool, and they sounded one way. They did. We went to Blackpool, and they sounded a bit different. Indeed. Manchester, Yorkshire, different. we've been all over, and everybody sounded yeah. different. And we were you talking really about put, you. Really put in some miles, didn't you? <laughs> we have, yeah. Did you drive over the Pennines? Did you drive over the Pennines? Yeah, drove over the Pennines to Doncaster, yeah. Oh, lovely stuff. Carry on. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, so um, my girlfriend and I on the way home were discussing why can somebody, some people, do accents and others can't? So why can some people mimic accents and some people can't? Is there some sort of thing with your vocal cords? No, I love Is that it... question. I, I, and I don't know the answer because you could take it even further and move it into the realms of impressions. I've just been looking at a very highly yeah. produced trailer for my um, full disclosure thing, which is going on Amazon Prime. The filmed ones are going on Amazon Prime as a special series. It looks it looks really, really grown up. My colleague Saskia has done an astonishing job on the trailer. Um, but the, 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 the reason I mention it is because Steve Coogan pops up quite early and he can lapse into impersonations with the same ease that some other people can simply lapse into regional accents. And then, of course, as the point of your question attests, there are some people who couldn't do any accent at all if their life depended on it. Yeah, so so my, myself and my mum can do them, but my girlfriend and my dad are absolutely hopeless, can't do 
I, th- I think I can do them. The I think I can do them until I do them to the people from the area I think I'm doing. I, and, and I think I'll probably put myself in the same camp as you there. <laughs> My confidence gets shaken a bit. So something to do with it, the, the, the auditory... I, I don't know if there'll be an answer to that question, but if there is, I'm thanking you now for prompting it because we get a lot of questions through our mystery hour, but not all of them fascinate me anywhere near as much as this one does. So thank you, Reese. Uh, and hopefully we'll get an answer. What explains the ability to do accents or, or mimicry if it is the same thing? I love that question. Uh, 21 minutes after 12 is the time. 03456060973 is the number that you need. I keep saying the number, even though the switch was full, because during mystery hour, it gets turned over very, very quickly. Uh, and we have summoned the Isherwood, so the the Isherwood, the Usherwood even. So we will be getting an update, I think, shortly after the half past 12 bulletin on uh, John Major's lawyers' uh, interventions in this Supreme Court hearing into the so-called prorogation of Parliament. It's moved. I mean, if you're interested in these things, uh, uh, by which I mean I know you're interested in the result, but if you're interested in the backstage whispers, the original consensus was cautious optimism on the part of the government that changed yesterday and i think it changed most profoundly with that question what would stop a prime if this is not the court's business what would stop a prime minister from suspending parliament for a year and you can go on or two or ten that seems to have stuck something of a stick in the spokes of the government's wheels uh, whether or not any of that perceived damage is undone today. We'll have to wait and see. But it seems unlikely to be undone by the representative of a former conservative prime minister accusing the current conservative prime minister of, I mean, profoundly unacceptable behaviour. 22 minutes after 12 is the time. Back to mystery. Our Paul's in Stoke-on-Trent talking of accents. Paul, question or answer? Question. Uh, question. What was the first TV advert on RTV? Now, I know it was a toothpaste, but not too sure what brand, not too sure when it was. That's nice. I quite like that. How do you know it was toothpaste? I've got Gibbs SR in the back of my brain for some ah, reason. Ah. No? Mm. Keith's shaking his and head. Also, also, what about LBC? What was the first advertisement on there? That's well, a you're only allowed one question. Well, that would be quite easy to one. find out. I went to... to, to uh, See a film the other night, Britannia Hospital, yeah. which is the the third film in Lindsay Anderson's Anderson's tri- trilogy, starting with If, and um, it it featured LBC. I saw it in the credits. I saw it. Did so it? so they, yeah. yeah, they had radio what, what, clips. What, uh, film, what, what year was that made? Eighty two. Eighty two. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of predicted or or, or described some of the. Uh, interesting issues thrown up by Thatcherism. But I mentioned on Twitter that I'd been to see this magnificent film because Robin Asquith, the actor, turned up to talk us through it. And um, uh, Paul Easton, formerly of this parish, tweeted me to say he'd been in the booth here at LBC with Lindsay Anderson, the director, putting together the special bulletins that they could use in the film as as though they were real radio stuff. So I could probably find out from him what the uh, uh, first advert on LBC was, but you didn't ask that. You asked what was the first advert on commercial British television, and we will find out for you, twenty, or at least we will try. Thank you, Paul. 24 after 12. Ray is in Woking. Ray, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, James. Carry on, Ray. Um, why is it that any clothes that you wear on the lower part of your body are referred to as a pair? A pair of trousers, pair of knickers, pair of underpants, pair of shorts. Short answer, the easy answer might be that there's two legs, but nothing that you wear on the top part of your body is ah. referred to as a pair. I think you're knocking at the door of the answer here. Why is that? 
Can you describe to listeners unfamiliar with the term what a cod piece is? Um, um, not not in polite terms, no. Yeah, it's, you uh, can. It's a uh, well, it's, it, is it something that covers up your your nether part? It, it is a uh, garment, an appendage, yeah, yeah. that covers your bits, because yeah. the uh, trousers, as we would now call them, that you wore in the olden days were not actually trousers; they were stockings. So you had a you had two separate okay, ones, yeah. and and okay, I think yeah. I think the language has just persisted. So it no, would have been a pair of breeches, a pair of stockings, and it's just persisted into into modern parlance. Okay, that's interesting because I, I get obviously get shoes, socks, yeah, stockings. There's but, two uh, of them, but they used to be two of the others, and 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 when they sort of knitted them together or sewed them together and dispensed with the necessity for a codpiece by the introduction of the stitched crotch, right? To coin a phrase, the stitched okay. crotch came into common usage, but the description of a pair of trousers didn't well i can go to my grave happy now. I, I, if i'm wrong i'll give you the money myself all right okay James. but, but I'm, ta- I'm taking a round of applause for that one. <laughs> men's way you see and no i'm not old enough to have actually been selling cod pieces back in my uh, days in men's suiting 25 minutes after 12 is the time philip is in bracknell philip question or answer it's an answer carry with a caveat. on go, go on uh, well, um, it's, it might not be definitive, but um, yeah, so it's very, it's very modest of you, Philip. But it, don't, don't worry, we're all we're all groping towards the light together on this program. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, okay, so uh, guide dogs. Uh, I think it's their their owners or users that would clean up after them. Uh, the reason being, I puppy walked for Guide Dogs Association. You get given a puppy and you have it for its first year of its life, and then you give it back. Oh, but all during that time, you train it to go to command. So each time you want it to do its business, you can say a, a key word or phrase, and it will basically go. Uh, so you've only really got to feel your way to the right end, and you'll you'll clear you'll be able to clear up after it. What's the word? Uh, well, it depends. Uh, we we were told to use the phrase "get busy." For a number one and big busy for number two. So get there busy you go. and big busy. Yeah. <laughs> Hear the drummer get wicked. I'd have that if I needed a guide dog. I'd go for Hear the drummer get wicked. And then they will do it on, if they need to go. This is what I had an old maths teacher. They will basically, after a, a certain amount of time of training, they will try to That's go even, even if they don't need to go. And that means that, because of course the question is, 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 is hinged upon the confusion about how someone who's profoundly visually impaired could know that the dog had been. But you've, you've provided the answer to that. You've undone it beautifully. Um, uh, I think that I think that's got to be definitive. What were you? What were your fear? What were your fears built upon? Well, because I'm not actually partially or completely or uh, blind myself. So, no, no, uh, but you've uh, trained guide dogs, Phil. Give yourself a break. Well, I wouldn't say it's training. It's more. You taught it how to poo really. on command, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Do not the mischief I'm a, makers. I'm taking it. Do not want the mischief makers of London marching around, or, or, or indeed Britain, um, marching around the place trying to. No, we leave it there. I think Keith, you've got yeah, a fil- yeah, you've okay. got a filthy yeah, mind, Keith. There. Honestly, give Philip a round of applause and get back in the box. Honestly, <laughs> twenty-eight minutes after twelve is the time. Uh, Sue's in Hendon. Sue, question or answer? Um, I have an answer for you. Fantastic. It's the accent. Oh yes. Um, now um, I am a voiceover artist, 
And my niche is accents. That's what I do. I do accents from all over the world, especially all over Britain. I'm also a musician. And I can, I would say 100% uh, say that the reason that I can do the accents is because I can hear the music in the um, in in the the words in How the interesting. in the accent in How the accent. each each accent has its own very particular movement and very particular like sound and I think if you've got a good ear as in a good ear for music yes. you'll probably also have a very good ear for doing accents I noticed that my both my kids who are both musicians um, or singers whatever also can mimic accents. Now that is interesting. Not I, I'm mum. not. I, I'm not very musical, but I think I'm quite good at accents. But I'm well, no, you have your moments. I oh, You're very kind. Uh, what's the toughest <laughs> I mean, one to I've, do? I've, I've heard you, Geordie Lake, and it's not bad, but it's not as good as me. Yeah, you're not wrong there. What, what, what's the one you struggle with? Is there one you can't do? Um, well, Kiwi, because it's too close to Australian for me, and I, I, I know I, if I'm listening chops. to a friend of mine who's a Kiwi, and I can hear that it. The music goes up at the end. You yes, can hear. That's right. Uh, but that's what I really struggle with. So you're all right with South African. Yeah, I don't have a problem with South African. I can sort of go into, you know, it depends where you're from. You know, day. okay. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you come from Joburg or, you know, and but you're here. Well, you I, hear I, what they're saying. It's very gifted. It's how, and and how nuanced do you can you get when you get into domestic accents? I mean, the difference between Cheshire and Manchester, yes, for example. No, I can do it. And I can do Yorkshire and Lancashire as well. Go on, then. Um, right. So the difference is Lancashire um, is a bit like that. Um, but Yorkshire is more like... Um, uh, Yorkshire's more like uh, who you'll hear on. Oh, I can't. Do you know what? I can't. <laughs> you can, you can, you can. You got, you got Lancashire banged on because you got. I can do Geordie and Wearside, and that's also quite a hard one as well. I can hear. The whole thing is that I can hear what a lot of people can't hear. I love it. I love and you. I mean, you're brilliant. And can you do impersonations, or do you think I was no, barking up the wrong tree no, when I no, said it might no, be the I same? I can't. I can't do impersonations. I can. Um, you know, I can. Do you, uh, um, I can do impersonations of people doing impersonations. So, for example, the oh. late rather ma- rather I'm sorry, That's rather marvellous Victoria Wood. Yes. Did um, uh, th- she came on the stage? She went, "Hello, have you seen this friend? Yes. yes. Have you seen this friend? You know, I, would, I can't remember the name." Um, but I can do an impersonation of that because it really is just an accent. Yes, it's a, yes. I, 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 I think you've nailed it. And, and actually, it, it, some people can hear a tune, sit down at a piano and play it. Yes. So and yes, some people which can't. I can do. But yeah, well, I think you've probably nailed it. It's certainly the best answer I, I think we'll get. So. Well, thank you so much. No, well, I just thank, bowed. Can you do? Can you do Kidderminster? Can you do Kidderminster? Can I do Kidderminster? I don't know. I can. I definitely had. I had my head done once, and I said to him, um, "Oh, you're from Birmingham, but I'm not from Birmingham. I'm from Dudley." It's a very distinctive difference. Very there are various different gradations, gradations of accents all over the Black Country. Thank you very much. Can right, thank you, you very much. Round, round of applause for Sue, please. Well, thank you. I always, get, I always get homesick when we do that. Lisa Aziz is here now with the headlines. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. This is LBC. 12.36 is the time and we interrupt this Mystery Hour to bring you news from the Supreme Court where it's almost impossible to find the words properly to convey the unprecedented nature of the latest interventions. Theo Usherwood is here to try. Lord Edward Garnier, who is, of course, a former Conservative MP Mm. and Solicitor General, now takes the whip as a Conservative in the House of Lords, is representing a former Conservative Prime Minister, Sir John Major, as he takes on the current Conservative Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. Uh, Two points from Lord Garnier's arguments uh, in the Supreme Court. Firstly, 
the issue of sovereignty. You'll remember during the 2016 uh, referendum campaign, one of the uh, messages from the Leave campaign was that they wanted to restore parliamentary sovereignty. Mm. At Lord Garnier's point is, if you prorogue parliament, how can it be sovereign? Now, my learned friend Sir James admitted yesterday that parliamentary sovereignty was limited, in his words, to the principle uh, that it is an unduly narrow, uh, to the principle that parliament can make or unmake uh, its own laws. But we say that is an unduly narrow formulation. But in any event, it's, it's enough to make the point because parliament cannot make or unmake laws if it isn't allowed to sit. But parliament doesn't only uh, exercise its sovereignty through uh, legislation. It exercises it through uh, summoning papers and people. It exercises its, uh, its sovereignty through holding the government to account on the floor of the Houses of Parliament. Uh, it even uh, holds uh, its sovereignty by uh, the power of contempt, uh, holding people in contempt of Parliament. Now, you know, James, we've, you know, James, we've discussed it, um, that this uh, case does not hinge on whether Boris Johnson lied when he told the Queen that he wanted to prorogue Parliament to set out a new legislative agenda. It hinges on the fact whether the courts can intervene in politics. That is the nub of the argument. And if it's found that the courts can intervene, then the, we expect this decision to go uh, against the government. Now, the argument that's been made by the government is actually it's Parliament's job to hold the government to account. <laughs> Lord Garnier's point is, well, how can Parliament hold the government to account if it's prorogued? Then surely it's the court's job. These points are aspects we submit of a broader submission that this court shouldn't intervene in decisions to prorogue because they involve matters of politics. Now, the immediate and obvious response to that is that the reason the courts leave political matters alone is because they're subject to political control and there can be no political control of a decision to prorogue if the body that would exercise that control has been prevented from acting. Lord Guardian has now concluded his comments. We're expecting uh, wrapping up this afternoon uh, before the judgment either late tonight or tomorrow, possibly Monday. Um, that's a tricky one to get out of, you'd imagine. Yes. Uh, the, the, you don't need the, law, the lawyers, you don't need the judges because Parliament can do it. Yep. But the judges are being asked to question whether or not it's acceptable to shut down Parliament. Yes. Which means Parliament can't do anything. No. Which is so kind then, of what the complaint was in the first place. So then it becomes the role oh. of the judges to intervene. But of yes. course we haven't ever done this before, so there's going to be a new precedent set. Uh, yeah, there is. I mean, that's what constitutional law is all about, isn't it? Precedent. Well, all law is so about we don't have a we don't have a, code a written constitution. constitution, code, no, code constitution. Theo, much for great work as ever. Are you enjoying yourself still? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Why you do you? Because this is this is once. I mean, you know as well as I do. This is once in a career. Please, God, this is once in a career type of stuff. If this becomes a regular occurrence, then goodness knows what I that will say. I don't think it's say, going but... away though. No, I don't expect to wake up tomorrow morning and it's all you know back to I don't know circa two thousand and three and no, but but a, but a public hearing featuring the most senior judges in the land addressing questions that have ramifications for centuries is 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 not going to be one hopes no. a frequent occurrence but it, i don't i think i think we're in this in this zone for mm. quite some time indeedy theo ashwood many thanks indeed he will be back on lbc throughout the day as events dear boy events unfold uh it's 20 to 1 eddie's in crew eddie question or answer uh, hi, James. I've got a uh, question for you. Carry on. 
Uh, sorry, I was just uh, forgot I was on hold for a minute. There. I was but just enjoying the show. You thought you were just listening to the radio, and then yeah. the radio started talking to you. Do you know when I started doing this job, Eddie? I mean, quite a while ago, I'd arranged for the bloke from British Gas to come round and fix the boiler, right? And I yeah. lived really near the studio at the time. And and and, and, and Mrs. O'Brien said, "Can you get home in twenty-five minutes?" I said, "Well, I can if I take my bike to work." So I pedal home at breakneck speed. Um, I, I get home. I'm I'm still, he's not there. And I'm thinking, where is he? He's supposed to be there. So I ring him up in his British gas van and I go, hello, mate, James O'Brien here. Uh, I'm just wondering where you're going to be. And he, he had a much more mad moment than you just had because he just had me on the radio. And then, he, then, he, then I was coming out of his phone. The poor bloke nearly crashed. So <laughs> I, I, I can understand how that happened. But no, you're definitely live on LBC. Question or answer? Brilliant. Okay, so here's a question. Um, so my youngest lad is obsessed with flags. Uh, nation flags in particular. Oh, cool. um, and we had a bit of a question about this, whether or not there is a international board, if you like, mm. uh, that can veto what goes onto an international flag. Ah. Um, the example one of my daughters gave me was, if I started a new country and just put the poo emoji front and centre, <laughs> is there someone that could turn around and say, no, you can't? have that flag in the UN or I don't think there is but I, I, I can't say that definitively I know there are flag protocols in place but they're to do with how you hang them and and who mm. you know if you've got three flagpoles in a row who goes in the middle who goes highest and stuff like that but in terms I don't see how there could be because all I mean going to bring Brexit into this believe it or not <laughs> uh, because all because all nations are sovereign so so nothing supersedes the sovereignty of a nation when it comes to deciding what what can go on their flag I don't, but I'll leave it on the board because also rather than the poo emoji, although I like the way your daughter's sense of humour works, I'd be more interested in what would happen if someone started a new country and just copied someone else's flag, <laughs> like picture for picture, like identical. There'd presumably be, you'd think there'd be someone you could complain to if they tried to pass off the union flag as their own, wouldn't there? I think, I think there's precedence for that. I think Monaco and Indonesia's flags are very similar. Really? And I think Monaco tried to sue Indonesia and? for stealing their flag. Um, and it turned out, actually, Indonesia's flag was older. So oh, the, uh, well, I know. Dropped. That's fascinating. It may, you may have just answered your own question in that in the, if they had to go to court, then there wouldn't be a body to which they could appeal. But we will find out. 12.43 is the time. Is there an international body that says what can and cannot go on a national flag? 0345 Charlotte is in Finchley. Charlotte, question or answer? Question. Carry on, Charlotte. Why do men have nipples? I, do you know, I know this. Would you accept an answer from me? Certainly. Good. When a embryo is in the womb and is developing, before it becomes male or female, the nipples develop. Uh-huh. So but, by, by the time you become... But why do male develop nipples because they weren't male when they developed them they were they were sexless they were they were un, they were of unspecified sex in the womb every embryo has nipples and then a little later in the development process the y chromosome yeah. emerges which renders me male but yeah. by the time the y chromosome has distinguished me as male yeah the nipples are already in place uh-huh that is the answer. Is that they begin? We begin. All human life begins from, you know, embryo. Yeah, yeah. And, and the nipples are in place before the fetus becomes either male or female. Thank you so much. Do you want something else like, as a bonus on that one? 
I, I can give you some bonus trivia, nipple-related trivia, if you want. Charlie. <laughs> Do you want some nipple-related trivia? Okay. I've got three. Uh-huh. Nipples. Uh-huh. I've got three nipples. Well, well, how come? Well, I don't know, but you didn't sound very amazed by it. I thought <laughs> you just did a very casual aha. Uh-huh. Well, that's, that's another one. It's not every nipples. day someone tells you they've got three nipples, is it, Charlotte? <laughs> no, no, but we had a discussion, people, about creation yes. and evolution. And the question came up. Why do have men have nipples? Well, you're looking through the wrong end of the telescope. You're seeing what is the purpose of those nipples on an adult male, or who is never yeah, going to have to, never going to have to suckle an infant. But yeah, actually, exactly. it, it, at the other end of the telescope, that they were in place before he even became a he. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a great answer. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Charlotte. I, I feel I should apologise for inflicting details of my own personal anatomy <laughs> on you, Alex. Don't worry. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Round of applause Thank for me you. and all my nipples. <laughs> Coming up at one on LBC, Sheila Fogarty. David Cameron tells LBC austerity had to happen and reveals he reached out to the palace for help in the Scottish referendum. What did he do for you? Sheila Fogarty on LBC. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. Every time you think things have reached rock bottom, along come Brexit pronouncements and ministers to remind you that you're not even close. So Stephen Barclay, who is the Brexit secretary this week, has said publicly in Madrid just now that the UK will need it should be given another year to find a solution to the problem of the British border in Ireland, but that we should still leave anyway on the 31st of October. An intervention of such mind-numbing dopiness that you do wonder how they can cash their wages with a clean conscience, don't you? Um, unbelievable. So we've got a solution. We can't tell you what it is yet, but we need another year as well after leaving to provide you with the answer to the... I'd, I'd, uh, I'd summon the Usherwood, but I, I presume he's banging his head against a brick wall as well. We are told the UK must provide legally operative text by the 31st of October. You're not told that. That's the situation you've created. Yet the alternative to the backstop is not necessary until the end of the implementation period in December 2020. So what I think, Stephen Barclay, and I do this off the top of my head, so I'm going to drop a massive clangor one of these days, but I don't think I'm doing it now. And what he's effectively saying is, you know that thing that we have to provide before we can leave in a way that would let us to start negotiating for a trade agreement? Yeah. We, we, we Can we have another year to give you that, but can we start doing all the things that not providing it stops us doing now. Oh, 12.52 is the time. Stuart is in Southend. Stuart, question or answer? There's a question, James. Carry on, Stuart. Why is it that we have the reaction to sort of wince or brace ourselves when we, for instance, hear a loud noise or, you know, as if you shut a door behind you or you're going to and you know it's going to be loud, you, you brace yourself? Yeah. You can see why you might brace yourself for an impact. Yes, but you, you can't protect your ears from a noise, but you still brace your body. Maybe you can protect your ears from a noise a bit. I don't know. So think of a better example. If if you were to see an enormous... Were, yeah, go on. If you heard, for instance, across the road, something was going to hit the floor. Yeah, you the would height, brace, wouldn't and you? And you knew it, you would brace. Yeah. 
Okay. And yeah. I was just wondering why. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> why did you brace in when you're about to hear a very, very loud noise? Does it what, what impact? What what, what um, benefit does it convey? I like that one, Stuart. Thank you. Brace. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number that you need. What was the first advert on British commercial television? Uh, we, we forgot to read the, cast the question. So if you've got answers to these, you'll probably get through. Um, guide dogs, we've done. Why do you get a runny nose in cold weather? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Why does your tongue stop growing? Come on, we've got to help that one out. That's only nine. Uh, does the when leaves when leaves fall from the trees? Does that affect the quality of the air that we breathe, i.e. is there less oxygen around? I suspect the answer to that involves the planet rather than the small area in which you find yourself breathing. 03456060973. And is there any international body determining what you can and cannot put on a, on a national flag, on a nation flag? I, I think not, but if you can go definitive on that for whatever reason, you get the round of applause. Amy's in Dulwich. Amy, question or answer? Hello, um, it's an answer. I haven't called up for ages. I don't know if you remember me. I used to call a lot, but then I had a baby and a business. How's and a it all get? How are you? Of course, I remember. Oh, exactly. How are you getting on? How are you getting on? How's motherhood treating you? I'm very good. Good. I'm um, glad to hear. Yeah, brilliant. Excellent. Mental. Yeah, well, it's, it's tough. Um, it runs in the family. It doesn't get um, easier. But yeah, and I'm a photographer now. Yes. Which is very good. Cool. And um, uh, we are engaged, but we can't bother. We haven't got around to getting married yet. Fantastic. I'm laughing at you on the on the um, radio because you contradicted yourself well, because you were talking about it's all about standing up in front of everyone um, and declaring your love. Yes. And um, and then you were talking uh, talking about it being a bit piece of paper. But why do you need to stand up in front of everyone? And I'm not having a flip. I'm not doing a reverse engineer of my phone in last week about marriage, Amy. I don't know how long it is. <laughs> anyway, all right, okay, fair enough. I bet you can't even remember why you rang in now, right, can you? Because you've been I, wanging on about all manner of... Go on, what, go, what, go on. <laughs> my answer is um, that the runny nose thing. So when you are cold, yes. body temperature, um, your basal temperature rises compensate and uh, that would liquefy um your snot basically so that it becomes more runny more watery um because your whole your body is trying to compensate for the outside temperature being cooler so it goes up and that makes everything more liquid and in hot weather um I I think I don't really get a runny nose in hot weather. No, I no don't. one does. I get a runny nose when but, I eat hot food, like chili food, chili uh, hot. In hot food, yeah. So I think that uh, again, I think that is just literally to do with the heat of the um, like the immediate surrounding area. So think of your mouth is so close. It actually has a real heat to it. So again, no, it, we don't need to go there. We've, so done sure We've done enough. You've done enough. You've done enough. The reason yeah. why your your, your snot <laughs> your snot melts because your nose heats up when it's cold. Yeah, that's also why you get a red nose <laughs> in the cold. Round of applause for yeah. Amy. No, thank you. Nice to have you back on board, Amy. I, I, I won't hold your absence against you. Dan's in bow. Dan, question or answer? It's an answer. Another anatomy bodily answer. Good man. Um, so with the eardrum, the sound waves as they hit the uh, eardrum, if you're looking to see a noise and you, you, you brace yourself, the pressure inside through the eustachian tube and the auditory tube that goes between the inner ear and yeah, the yeah. back of the throat 
compresses to sort of match the pressure that might be arising coming from the outside. So it's like muffling a drum. On a it's like muffling a drum. It's if you put your hand on a drum before you hit it, you get a very you, you get a less resonant sound than you do if you haven't got your hand on it. So that you're doing the same Similar. thing to protect your eardrums. Exactly. Oh, mate, I love that answer. So the fella nice, did he did accidentally answer it himself when he talked about you, you brace before an impact to, to, to so that it hurts less, but you're doing the same thing here. You're matching the pressure that might arise from beautiful, the Beautiful, beautiful. Qualifications? Nice. Uh, anatomy lecturer. So. That'll, <laughs> that'll do. Rand, Rand, okay, no, we can't ask you about the tongue question. Do you know the answer to the tongue question? The tongue, the, the muscle of the tongue is a thing called um, my... Uh, it's, it's it's similar to the muscle of the heart, so it never tires. It's myogenic, I meaning think that's an it will never as well. tire, I it think, never gets lazy. I think that's an answer as well. I've broken all the rules of mystery. Oh, cool. Get a round of applause for Dan the Anatomist. Or Dan Atomist, as I call him. No? Sheila Fogarty laughed politely. James is in Blackheath. James, question or answer? Hello, James. Answer. Hello, James. What is it? I think the first advert on TV was Gibbs SR. Well, I said that. I said that. You can't get a round of applause for that. I think it is. You've got to go definitive, bruv. All right, definitive Gibbs SR. Just say definitive. What are your qualifications? Uh, I worked at the Mono Group for 32 years. Well, I worked at the Express Group for a few, but I. I, I go round of applause. It's Gibbs SR. Me and James both think so. <laughs> Neil's in Aberdeen. Neil, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Make it quick. We've only got 47 seconds. Okay, it was regarding the leaves absorbed in oxygen on the trees. Uh, obviously, when it is uh, autumn up here in the northern hemisphere, it is spring yeah. in the southern hemisphere exactly. and the leaves are abundant. Uh, exactly. Round of applause for Neil. So there's always going to be, because oxygen is a planetary issue, not, not a, a geographically specific one. And finally, David in Hillingdon, question or answer? Hi, uh, it's an answer. Quickly. Uh, about the flag question. Good man. Uh, it's actually a double answer. You actually can't, you actually have to have a a name that complies as well. Uh, so Macedonia... No, uh, just what is there a body? Uh, is there an international body that tells you what you can and can't put on a flag? Uh, I'm not sure the body's name. Oh. It might be the UN. Oh, no. But, uh, no. So, no, no, that's not, not an answer. Sorry. It's just... No. Oh, we got so close. I'm not going to... Don't take it out on David, all right? It, it, obviously, we forced him onto the stage when he wasn't ready because we were so desperate to get a clean bill on the whole it's all gone horribly wrong Sheila Fogarty's here hello so cruel that poor man it's just I can't believe it we're about to go about to go definitive on every single what's his day going to be like now after that you shouldn't ring in and talk about Macedonia it was a fairly straightforward question (laughs) to which I'm afraid I don't know the answer either anyway there's a warning for you it says Sheila be careful James has three nipples and on that bombshell like Chandler from Friends thank you very much indeed (laughs) the government says confidential documents containing Boris Johnson's ideas on Brexit have been shared with the EU we'll talk a bit about that later John May arguments about against I should say Boris Johnson's prorogation of Parliament are being heard by the Supreme Court Matthew Thompson will update us uh, but uh, I'm going to talk with you hopefully anyway about David Cameron and what he's told LBC he and Boris Johnson he said clashed over the causes of the London riots austerity was inevitable uh, Jeremy Corbyn left him and the remain let him I can't read today let him and the remain campaign down uh, the death knows no privilege that the prorogation is wrong and he asked the palace for help over the Scottish independence referendum. What did David Cameron's premiership do for you? On your radio, on Global Player and... Play LBC. Leading Britain's conversation, this is LBC. LBC.